Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? I'm doing well. Uh, what a performance, obviously, that we witnessed, that we were all so lucky to witness by <laughs> Stephen Curry. So actually, um, I, I was reading these takes about how Kings fans that paid for a ticket to that game, they should not be upset at the result. They should be happy that they witnessed a historic moment. How do no. you guys feel about that? No, I disagree. I disagree yes. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yes. think that's the right take. That's not the right take. Um, Who's, whose take is that? I mean, if your team loses, I'm not happy that I witnessed history. I mean, by the way, it's game. Yes, it was a game seven, but you're talking about a, a first round matchup. I mean, it wasn't, he didn't score like a hundred points. I mean, it was a fantastic effort, but I mean, I'm not, yeah, if I'm a Kings fan, I'm not thrilled that my team, and by the way, they didn't just lose. Like, I remember we got, we were watching that game, and it was a great game, and then at some point we, like, looked at the score, and it's like the Warriors are up by 20 in Sacramento. Like, no, I'm not happy, no. Yeah, yeah I mean. I not agree more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did witness greatness yesterday. Hopefully we witnessed some greatness um, coming from the Lakers in this series. I really am not as, uh, as, hyped as I would be to play the Kings. Um, I do think, look, here's what I'll say. I do think the Warriors on paper are a better matchup for the Lakers than the Kings because the Kings are super fast, young, they move with pace. The Lakers try and slow the pace down. However, the Lakers have trouble switching out um, to shooters. And of course, no one can guard Steph Curry. It's going to be about Davis and LeBron. I know that sounds so like nor like normie to say, but can LeBron not shoot fifteen percent from three? I mean, they won a series with him shooting terribly from the field, yeah. right? Can he can he shoot a little better? And can Davis consistently be dominant? If those two things happen and the rest of the role players do what they need to do, the Lakers will win the series. But that's a big if. You know, they have the better defense. So look, I'm not I'm not confident just because it's hard to bet against i know it's hard to bet against lebron but it's hard to bet against steph curry so i mean what okay so that was the big takeaway while we're watching that game unfold obviously the, the interest there is who are the lakers going to play and uh the thought was listen this is the first time the kings are in the postseason in 16 years they're a young team which means that they're a very quick team and fast team and all that great stuff but the experience is not there and i really think the experience shine through game seven elimination game the warriors yes they they did lose game six on their home floor by 19 points but it is so hard to dethrone the champions and not just a regular champion right i mean this is one of the more historic 
uh, champions of all time. You know, when you talk about the great teams in league history, uh, you will talk about this Warriors team again, the, the uh, trio of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They're right up there with the Showtime Lakers, the 1990 Chicago Bulls. So it is really hard when you have them in a position where their season and their championship reign is done. It is hard to eliminate a team like that. And so that is what the Lakers now face. And by the way, I mean, it's really thrilling because it's everyone kind of wants to bury the Warriors. Everyone wants to bury LeBron. And here they are back again. The Warriors versus LeBron James, obviously, with a different team. We're watching that game, and I think we all kind of had the same feeling. You know, if he had told me prior to the postseason, a Lakers-Warriors postseason series, I would think that the Lakers have a good chance. I mean, head-to-head, they have played them extremely well. I really think in Game 7, you got to see postseason Warriors. You got to see postseason Curry. You got to see why this team has have been champions. That being said, by the way, the Lakers did beat... The Warriors in that uh, first play-in game, right? Not the first play-in game, but but the uh, play-in game in 2021. So they have beaten them in what was effectively an elimination game. All right, so Brandon, I'll start with you because you touched on it. Lakers Warriors. Now that that series tips off Tuesday, it is every other day. Uh, which, listen, for LeBron and the Lakers will not be a simple thing. However, you're going up against the Warriors. Steph Curry is not young anymore. He's 35 years old. No one really talks about that. Clay, Draymond, you go down the list. How do you see this series going? And can the Lakers, you know, what do the Lakers have to do to win? Yeah, the first thing I'll say is uh, the good thing for the Lakers is this is a different Warriors team than last year. They're weaker. They're a much weaker team. And I know Armand might disagree, but they had the 19th-ranked defense in the NBA versus the second-ranked defense last year. The Lakers should be considered uh, – and look, uh, the thing is, is it's hard to ju- – if we're looking at paper, like on paper, the Lakers should be considered favorites because they have a much better defense, and it's not it's not really close. They can slow the pace down uh, as long as they can – limit Clay Thompson and the other guys, they could win every single game in this series, like on paper. But if you're just looking at the moxie that Steph Curry has, what he commands from his team and versus the Lakers inconsistency that we've seen, because yeah, they've looked like the best team in the NBA at times in that series, but other times they don't. This is going to be a tough series for both sides. I do think it's a six or seven game series. What I will say is I I just mentioned that Davis needs to be elite every single game. There's no off days in this series. There can't be. If, and if you want to win this series, Davis needs to be on his game. Reeves and Hachimura, it's crazy I'm saying this, but I trust them, you know, like in this series. I trust those guys, and I, I never thought I'd say that. D'Angelo Russell's obviously key. Um, they need to win game one. I think we all can agree on that. They need to steal one game on the road in this series, and it has to be game one because they got four days off and the Warriors got one, right? Three versus one or four versus two, however you want to say that the Lakers are old. They still have the LeBron is old. He needs to win game one. There's no time for a feel it out game. Um, but again, look, who's going to guard Davis. I know Looney can rebound. Come on. No one's going to guard Davis. Davis is going to go nuts on them. Davis's uh, switchability and versatility inside will cause the Warriors ball movement issues. It's going to be a much slower game. The Warriors aren't going to be able to do what they did against the Kings and put up 120 points every game. Uh, it's probably going to be 110 to hundred or a hundred, you know, in that range, every single game of the series, maybe some team, some somebody gets hot and they go up. But again, it's on Davis to play elite every single game and LeBron to shoot better because 
they won that series on defense, that first series. And that was the best defense they're going to play. So can that Lakers win this series? Absolutely. If we're looking on paper, they should be favored. But I just have a feeling, and I hate to say this. I hope I'm wrong. I have a feeling the Warriors are going to win this series. Armani Buckets, your thoughts? Again, you were uh, you were living in, on cloud nine watching Steph Curry do what he does best. Uh, if the, if Steph plays like that, if the Warriors play that like, like that, hard to imagine the Lakers defeating them. That being said, I, I do think it'll be a classic series. I, I think it'll go six or seven. Can the Lakers do it? Yes, they can do it. I'm going to go with Golden State, but I think the biggest thing in this series is going to be how quickly Steve Kerr adjusts his rotations because I think he's going to have to go very far away from what he's been doing. Jordan Poole against the Lakers, I don't like that matchup at all for Poole. I would play him only when Steph Curry sits. The biggest guy that I'm watching for, and I mentioned this to you yesterday, Arash, if I'm if I'm Golden State or if I was Sacramento, my goal is not really to limit LeBron and Davis. My goal is to limit Hachimura, Reeves, and Russell, and whoever else. And how, how are you going to do that? Gary Payton II, a lot on Reeves, make life difficult for him, put Wiggins and Kuminga and those guys on Russell, give him a little bit of athleticism and make him uncomfortable. And then if the game slows down, you have Steph Curry in the half court. And the other thing I'm doing is to hide Steph Curry defensively, I'm going to try to put him on Jared Vanderbilt and see what happens there. Now that's dangerous because Vanderbilt's actually really good at rolling on those screens and playing in that short roll. But again, it's going to be a tough matchup. There's a reason why the Lakers won the last three games against Golden State because they match up well with them. And uh, and by the way, one thing we forgot to mention, Anthony Davis, regardless of if Kevon Looney's a big scorer or not, he's going to have his hands full on the defensive side because Looney is such an amazing offensive rebounder. There's a lot of people talking about how he's a one-of-one, one, and he truly might be. I mean... We've seen this a little bit with Rodman and those guys, but the guy is just a game changer on the offensive glass. So, Davis, you can't rest after the shot goes up. You have to get a body every single possession, or Looney will change the game. It's plain and simple. Have the Lakers done enough? Again, we kind of teased about it or talked about it, but, you know, you know, if the Lakers had blown the 3-1 series lead, you know, what do they do? Do they bring back... Ham, do they bring back the same team? And I felt at that point in time, going on the run that they did over the last quarter of the season, the last 21, 23 games of the season, getting into the play-in tournament, getting into the playoffs, getting a 3-1 series lead, I said, regardless of how this all plays out, they've done enough to run this thing back. And now, listen, you're going up against a Warriors team, defending champions, uh, gotta be viewed as one of the favorites right now. We'll talk about the other side of the bracket, but I mean, pretty clear that, that the Suns uh, don't have it. <laughs> like when we were watching them against the Clippers without Kawhi and without Paul George, and they were trailing late, struggling to barely beat the Clippers without Kawhi and without Paul George. I, at that point, I, I wasn't sure what to think about the Suns, and then they find themselves getting blown out in uh, Game One. So. Um, have the Lakers done enough? I mean, let's just play this out. Let's just say they lose to the Warriors. No, no shame in that. But by, by, by the way, I, I think no shame in losing the Steph, Clay, Draymond, the defending champions. If they lose a good series, 
do you run this back? I mean, I mean, have have these Lakers since they made all those trades done enough to say I want to see this group back? Brandon, I'll start with you. Yeah, I would say for the most part, yes. Um, the D'Angelo Russell contract is a big question because some games he looks great, other games he looks terrible, and even when he looks great, he can't play defense, right? So is he worth $100 million? I would say no. Um, I, as much as I like him and as much as he seems like he's turned into this mature team guy and everyone loves him on the team, and that's important to Rosh, but so are finances, putting your money in the right place because they can get a lot of good role players for D'Angelo Russell's contract or Kyrie Irving. Um, so, and I'm not saying I agree with that, but I mean, like, if you find a way to keep Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, and then you add Kyrie Irving instead of D'Angelo Russell, and that's 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 the clear favorite to win the championship just on talent. I feel like the Lakers are one of the only teams that Kyrie could become a good, and I've never thought I'd say this, could become a good team clubhouse guy. I think he needs LeBron to do that. He hasn't been able to do that anywhere else. I'm not saying he's a bad teammate um, uh, on the Mavericks because I've actually heard a lot of people say they like him on the Mavericks or they liked him on the Nets, and a lot of that gets blown out of proportion. But I'm saying I don't think Russell is safe unless he balls out in this series. Uh, I do think Reeves and Hachimura are the big, big guys who need to resign. In fact, you kind of have to resign Hachimura because you can't, you can't, uh, you can't. Uh, I mean, he's going to be a restricted free agent, right? So unless he signs somewhere for like 80 million, like I feel like spacing that money out long term is good for the Lakers. So it can allow them some cap space. Same thing with Austin Reeves for next season. Um, but look, Vanderbilt's going to get picked up. Malik Beasley's going to be in Taiwan, which is good. So no offense to Malik Beasley. I like Malik Beasley, but the Guangdong Tigers are already leaving him some voicemails like they've been. <laughs> and uh, I hate to say it. I mean, guys making 16 million. Uh, no one would even pay a million for that guy right now. Probably. I mean, he's not even getting minutes on the Lakers. They're going eight deep. So, I mean, that sucks. But yes, Arash, I think for the most part, they've done enough where this could be a 50 win team next season pretty easily. Although Armand disagrees. He says, oh, the Kings are going to be better. <laughs> what are you talking about? I know LeBron's going to be older, but this team is the like arguably the best team in the NBA when they have all their guys on the floor right now. Um, well, the last part, let's touch on that. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've said that, but so, yes, I do agree with what you said. Reeves Hachimura priority. D'Lo, we'll see what happens this series. Um, but the thing is, you have to enjoy this moment because the reality of the Lakers, the reality of this team, the reason why I was so skeptical going into the season, LeBron is going to be 39. Davis, every single game is an injury concern. To think that the Lakers, it's a foregone conclusion that they'll be back in this spot next year, I think is foolish. I don't think that a LeBron Davis core, when they get to where they're at now, then you're golden. But to get here... Do we not remember what it just took to get to where we are and how much of a mountain it was to climb? There's a reason why, you know, it's such an accomplishment. And I just think that we can't really rely on just because they did it this year. I don't know if that means they're going to do it next year. Yes, Reeves will get better. Hachimura will probably improve. But outside of that, I don't really... Well, maybe Max Christie gets better and improves, but... It's going to be a lot about hey, just Le LeBron and Davis's health. You're forgetting about Cole Swider. I have always <laughs> said that man needs minutes. They don't play him. That's the shooter, not Malik Beasley. You don't sign a shooter. You bring up Cole Swider and you make him the shooter. That guy's a sniper. 
he'll get his opportunity eventually. But is is what I'm saying so outrageous to say that you know there is a chance that the Lakers again next year are in a similar boat where they struggle in the regular season where they might you know be in the playing tournament or even no, miss no. the playing so tournament. So here's why I think you're wrong, but we'll see. So if they run this group back, this group that over the last 23 games of the season best record in the West, tied for the best in the league, top five defense. If this team comes back, yes, I would be shocked if they're in the same position that that, that toxic team was at the beginning of this season and last year. Why? As good as Russell Westbrook did with the Clippers and they embraced him and he came over and he had no expectation, he got cut, signed to a minimum deal, different situation. The Lakers took a sledgehammer to a championship team and the pieces just did not fit. The pieces did not fit. So that team, yes, that team was a below 500 team. They were not even one of the uh, 10 seeds in the West. That was fine. If this group, if this team that that has played so well, that has won a playoff series against the Grizzlies, that's now going up against the Warriors. I mean, if this team comes back and they played like the mismatched team, I would be shocked, Yes. LeBron is going to be 30. Talking nice. about his age. Okay, can we all agree? Because like it, it's it's not this like a 39-year-old for a normal human being. I think we can agree Tom Brady's not a normal human being. LeBron James not a normal human being. And that I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm not going on a, a limb here. We've never seen someone do what he's done. Just last week, he had a 2020 game, first of his career. So if he begins to show that he's playing like a normal 39-year-old, yes. The moment that Tom Brady showed that he was playing like a normal, I mean, what, what, how, uh, I forgot um, how um, old he was when they, when they won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, but he was past 40. 43, 43. Yeah. So, I mean, and he was playing like an MVP. So, like, if you're going to say, I've, this is why I've seen LeBron play and he's doing like X, Y, and Z. I don't want to say it's lazy, but like we all know LeBron is not playing like a normal 38-year-old, and I don't think he'll play like a normal 39-year-old. At some point, he will hit that wall. And then at that point, you can say, okay, we got to move on. And what I will say is that's why I didn't celebrate with the team. That's why at the end of the game, he knows this might be his final shot to win a championship and cement himself as the best player of all time. I think they have a really good shot to do that. In fact, I will go ahead and say it. I think the winner of this series not only gets to the finals, I think they're the favorite. I'll say it right now. I mean, the way the Celtics are being coached by Joe Mazzulla, I told you guys, Ime is such a better coach. He makes adjustments defensively. Joe Mazzulla cannot make adjustments to save his life. Yeah. But then, you know, here's here's the thing about it. You're saying that, and we'll touch on it really briefly before we go to break, the Denver Nuggets, no one's giving them a ton of credit, right? And and I still don't think that they will, despite the fact that they're blowing out the Suns. We'll see how the, that series progresses. Wouldn't be shocked if that's a sweep or that series is over in five. Why do you like whoever wins this series to beat the number one seed, the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, I'll say this first. I think the Lakers would destroy the Nuggets. The Warriors are, are it's going to be tougher to beat the Nuggets just because the Nuggets have shooting. They can match up with them very well. The Lakers have more size. I mean, Davis and LeBron are Jokic's father. We've seen that in the past. They always beat the Nuggets. It's like the Nuggets versus the Clippers. The Warriors Nuggets, I'll give the credit. The Nuggets do have a chance. If the Lakers win the series, they're going to the finals for sure. I, 100%, you can lock it in. 
I'm a big believer in the psychological aspect in these series, and you just mentioned it, Brandon. I mean, the Nuggets, they're going to start the series confident, but if you steal a game one, all of a sudden it's going to be, oh my goodness, here we go again. And I really think Denver would need to go up 2-0 to psychologically be like, okay, we can actually get over this hurdle because both of those teams have beaten them in the past. And I just feel like history matters because this Nuggets team is the same team plus Bruce Brown that we've seen in the past. They're healthy now, thankfully. And Jamal Murray's playing like a superstar. But I mean, I just think that history matters. And if the Lakers get them in game one, then it's going to be kind of like, plus, oh my plus, goodness. Last thing, Vanderbilt can guard Murray and AD can guard Jokic. There you go. Series over right there. Unless, yeah, unless Thomas Bryant comes in and plays. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen, unfortunately for Thomas. We only needed Thomas against the Kings if we played him. He had like 38 points against the Kings. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Bryant's greatest moment with the Lakers will be uh, requesting the ball or like asking for the ball in the post when LeBron became the all-time leading scorer. It was like, <laughs> Thomas, read the room. Uh, no, but it, it's, it's been a, a fun postseason. And um, listen... Tuesday, it begins. Game one, Lakers, Warriors, Western Conference semifinals. We'll talk about that series. We'll talk about the Clippers as they wrapped up their exit interviews. What does the future hold for them? We'll talk about all that and more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, you just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend Grant Molina. Grant, how are you? Doing well, guys. Uh, I don't know what happened, but the sky's crying again. I don't know if it's a good thing, like if it's tears of joy that the Lakers get to play in the second round, or if it's like tears of sadness that they get to play Steph Curry. I, I don't, I don't know which one Laker fans will take right now because now you got to go up against a guy that just had fifty. Yeah, listen, uh, you had a good post for the Sporting Tribune going into Game Six, where you weren't quite sure what Lakers team we were going to get. Grant, the Lakers team that we saw in Game 6, we had not seen this season, last season, in quite some time. I mean, one of the greatest defensive performances um, of all time, really, when you beat a team by 40 points in a closeout situation. I'm not going to expect that again, I just, just because it's so rare. 
Your thoughts first on how the Lakers closed out that series and how did game six make you adjust if it did how you view this team? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I always thought that the Lakers would take game six back at home. I just think like game five, they were coasting. They just, they had dead legs. Um, but I did not expect them to win by 40. I don't think anybody did, um, especially with how the Grizzlies came out in game five with fire and energy. Um, it, look, if the Lakers are going to play like that, there's some serious issues for not just the Warriors, but, you know, if the Lakers get past them. Like, with Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis didn't even put up an insane stat line, but his defensive stat line was something that just, not just that game six, but the whole series, it just seemed like they could not get anything going down low. I mean, John Moran, of course, had that outburst in the second half, but at that point, it looked like the Lakers were tired as well. Look, if we're going to get a Lakers 2020 defensive performance like that, uh, it's going to bode not well for those Warriors. I mean, I know they have Steph Curry. That's kind of one of my main concerns is, sure, the Lakers can look that great defensively, but now that you go up against a team with a higher talent upside in the Warriors, um, you know, I don't know who's going to guard Steph Curry. You're going to put Reeves on him. You're going to put, you can't put Vanderbilt on him. I know you want length, but you can't put LeBron on him. I, I, I'm, you can't, you're not going to put D'Angelo Russell on him. So I don't know who they can match up unless they go with a change in the starting lineup. Maybe put Dennis Schroeder on him. Um, look, the Lakers, I, I said this you know, before the series, is the Lakers have the better depth, but I think the Warriors have the better higher, higher top talent. Um, you know, With Clay and Steph, I don't know who's going to be chasing those guys around. And if so... You know, the Lakers are going to be tired on the other end when they go take the ball up. Um, that's the thing that people kind of underestimate about the Warriors' offense is that, sure, you can get a stop, but you are going to work for that stop, and you're going to work to stop them on that offensive end, which in turn makes the other team tired, especially with an aging 38-year-old Le LeBron and a Anthony Davis that we see on the floor almost every game. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to stop that offense for the Warriors. I know that... It's on and off with them too, but you know it's on and off for the Lakers too. So I, I just I, I'm having trouble finding a matchup for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in this series. Yeah, I mean, we were watching that game, Grant, and I, I wanted the Kings to win. I, I just think you know that they have been in the postseason in 16 years. It's something new for them. I thought this series was going to take a lot out of them. Uh, now that you go up against a Warriors team that head-to-head -head this season, they've played extremely well. That being said, I think in that Game 7, you saw the, the championship moxie of the Warriors. Steph Curry, you know, in an elimination situation. Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Before I give it to Brandon and Darmani Buckets, how do you see that series going? Can the Lakers win? And if they do, what's the key there? Well, here, here, I'll, I'll say this before I make the prediction is that I think whoever wins this series will go to the finals. Um, this is like a conference finals type matchup in the second round. Um, I know the Nuggets are insanely good and they, they had a pretty good showing in game one, but I think these two teams depth wise and talent wise are probably two, two of the best left in the playoffs. And look, the Lakers can beat them. I'm not saying that the Lakers don't have a chance. I'm just saying I'm, I'm struggling to find the defensive matchups on the Lakers end for the quickness and the, the rotations and the ball movement of the Warriors. That's something that the Grizzlies did not do. I know that they're, they're a fast, fast transition offense, but the ball movement and the beautiful basketball, as people like to say that the Warriors play, that's something that, you know, different play styles that the Lakers are going to have to account for. 
Look, game one, it's probably going to be a feel-out game for both. It's probably going to be sloppy basketball. I'm not going to predict anything after, you know, before game one. I'd, I'd like to see a few games before I make a solid prediction. But, you know, <laughs> if you have Steph Curry playing like that, and Klay Thompson didn't even have that great of a game. He had a better second half in that game seven. Even if he gives you 15, I mean, and Steph Curry plays like that, I'm going to take the Warriors. But that's the thing, like, Jordan Poole is now a question mark. Uh, Clay Thompson can go cold now where he, he didn't really in, in years past in the playoffs. So there is a window of opportunity for the Lakers in, in that aspect, especially when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis playing how they are right now. Um, and if D'Angelo Russell is going to give you 31 points or even 20 points, that bodes very that, – that's scary for, for the Warriors, especially for a team that – look, the Warriors are aging too. It's not like they're a young team as well. So this is one of the most even series probably left. I, I, I can't really go one way or another until I see a few games. And what I will say, Grant, is uh, – you know, I said this in the first segment – uh, Davis is the key. I think the big key, they won a series with him. Like you mentioned, based on defense, LeBron shot 15% from three. It was terrible shooting the ball. He still can get to the rim with ease. That bodes well for them. He gets fouled. He only got fouled on 2.4% of his drives, by the way, the lowest of any playoff series of his career. So anyone who says the refs were on the Lakers side in this series, they absolutely weren't. In fact, they'll probably be on the Warriors side in this series. I know Adam Silver probably wants the Warriors to win this series. Um, but that regardless, I mean, Look, he's happy that it's just Warriors, Lakers. I will say this. This isn't the same Warriors team. I said this in the first segment. It's not. It's not. They're not as good as last year's team. They're not even close, in my opinion. And it's because of Otto Porter. And I know Armand's like, oh, it's Otto Porter. He's not, he didn't even play this year. I'm like, yeah, but last year he was the guy who came in and played defense off the bench. Who do you have that is doing that off the bench? DiVincenzo? No. Come on. Kaminga? No. The depth. The Lakers have depth. They have bodies. I know they're only throwing eight right now, but... If they put Lonnie Walker out there, Mo Bamba, a couple other guys, like, dude, like, the Lakers are a better team top to bottom. I think the Lakers' defense is what could win them this series. They're the better defense. They have, arguably, they could have the best player in this series if Davis rises to the occasion, although Curry's probably the best player in the series. I'm still going Warriors in six or seven just because... I can't, I, I can't, I'm never confident in the Lakers, man. Never, never. The way what we've seen, they're inconsistent every single game. Some days they look like they're going to win the championship, others they don't. What I will say is if the Lakers do win the series, they're going to the NBA Finals because they're a, they're a nightmare matchup for the Nuggets. That's what I'll say. So I'm hoping we can pull this one out. I want to see Boston versus Lakers in the Finals. Armani Buckets, come on, man. Give me the, give me, by, 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 by the way, great, you missed it. Uh, Armani Buckets did pay off his bet, and I, not stupidly, but I, I made this bet because I love hanging out with the crew. I made the same bet. I'm betting the same <laughs> bottle of wine that the Lakers are going to beat the Warriors. So despite the fact that the Warriors are the favorites, we, we may have to rendezvous one more time. I love that. And I had a question for you guys. Do you think that this series will be more in terms of eyeballs in the NBA Finals this year? Because I do. Ooh, that's, that's a good that's a one. That's a great I mean, question. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, look, we had kind of a similar scenario with Bucks nets a few years ago where people were saying, like, that was the Finals. I think this is kind of the same thing. You're right. This is, like, two of the biggest, like, national fan bases. I know the Celtics are a very storied franchise, but in terms of, like, national eyes and world eyes, like, everyone knows who Steph Curry is. Everyone knows who LeBron is. 
this is kind of like a finals matchup. People are saying it's more impactful than the, the finals matchups. I disagree with that. I know it's it's uh, you know bigger stakes, but the finals is the finals. You can't trump that. I know this is going to be one of the top Steph Curry versus LeBron series, but it's not going to trump the finals appearances in my opinion. But yeah, I agree with you. Probably going to get better ratings than the finals in my opinion. It's a great question because, listen, it's it's the superstar factor. It's the Lakers. It's the Warriors. It's LeBron, Steph Curry. It's Anthony Davis, uh, you know, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Austin Reeves. Just kidding. I'm going to throw on Austin in there. But, no, it's it's the superstar, and you're you're not going to get that again. Let's, let's just say the Warriors advance to play the Celtics or the Heat or whatever. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's a great question, Armani Buckets. I, I, I'd be curious what the final total is. I think it'll be the most watched second round series in years, you know. So, um, all right, moving on, uh, Grant. Uh, want to touch on the Clippers briefly. Lawrence Frank talked to the media uh, to close out the season, effectively saying, listen, our plan, not surprisingly, because they, they kind of have to do this, they are going to run it back effectively. They are committed to Ty Lue. We'll see what happens there. They're committed to Kawhi. They're committed to Paul George. They want Russell Westbrook to come back. They, they can't really pay him a ton. So this would basically be him wanting to come back on a um, heavily, heavily discounted deal. Your thoughts on the Clippers? I mean, they really can't do a whole lot, Grant. I mean, the, what, the team that you saw... Although, listen, when healthy, were they were one of the best teams in the league, but they're basically going to run this team back. I, I, I don't. I mean, what Lawrence Frank said is is a bit concerning to me, just because you know he's kind of contradicting himself throughout it. I, I understand where he's coming from, and I I do think that, that think that you're probably not going to get back the talent that those two guys have when healthy in a trade. Like I know a lot of people want to trade, but you're, you're probably not going to get back much high end talent that'll match Kawhi and PG, even if they're injured, you know, when they're healthy, they're really good. Like you said, uh, but Lawrence Frank, I mean, he, he mentioned that there's going to be changes, but then he also said that he wants everybody back. So he's kind of contradicting himself and, you know, he was saying, you know, how Terrence Mann needed more minutes and he deserves a lot more minutes, but Terrence Mann didn't get minutes. And it's just, there's, there's, you know, he said that they knew about Kawhi's injury after game two, but they didn't announce that he had a torn meniscus until after games, game five. So, you know, he basically, he's not really being transparent with the fans as usual. And the fans are the ones that are the most upset. He said it himself, and Paul George said this on his podcast, is that he they're going to have to earn the trust of the fans back, which I you know, completely agree with. How can you put a lot of trust in a team that you were patient with all year and they still end up getting hurt? Like A lot of Clipper fans were actually trusting the process of the load managing and you know making sure they're healthy in the playoffs, and then they still got hurt anyway. So, you know, Lawrence Frank... You know, coming out and saying things that are contradicting him, himself is is not you know good to hear, especially reassuring as a Clipper fan. Look, they have a lot of things to work through. I still think they need another star, either a third star. Or they're gonna have to trade one of the two. Um, you know, but I, I just think that you have to win the trust back of the of of the fans at this point. The fans are fed up. They they just are. And going into a new arena, they're gonna have to have some star power. They have to have something to go in there with. So. It's such a murky situation, and I still don't trust what he's saying about any of it because the Clippers are not transparent at all. 
I cannot deal with Paul George right now because, <laughs> dude, like, I get that you want to, you know, shine some optimism in Clipper Nation, but it is just like, read the room, dude. After all that frustration that the Clipper fans just suffered, to come out and say that, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way. And, I mean, no words should be said about what's going to happen in the future. Just actions only. And it seems like he just still doesn't get it. Like that quote right there to the Clipper fans, we carry that burden. We're going to get this right at some point. Why does that even need to be said? How do you think that's going to go over when you say that after what just transpired in round one? I I didn't like it. Well, not just that, Armand, but literally the whole year. I mean, he's had interviews with Om Young Masuk. Um, he's had interviews with a lot of people throughout the season. And the, the key word with Paul George was urgency. Right. He kept saying okay. that, you know, the windows closing, closing, there, there's urgency. Like we understand what our situation is. We know that the league's getting better. He says that throughout the year and then he's out there practicing and it looks like he has no knee brace. He looks fine. He's going through contact drills and then he's ruled out for the whole series. And it's like, okay, what were you working for then? If there's, if there's no urgency back then, wh where's the urgency? You're going to play in round two. They're not coming back from four to one Armand. I'll tell you that much. They're out right now, so you're not going to be back for round two. Hey, um, so there's two contradicting statements by him yet again. Grant, I wanted to ask you about the draft because, you know, we were high on the Niners next year. We thought, okay, maybe this is the year signing Hargrave, and of course they still have a good chance. But the Eagles, man, Jalen Carter at nine, you know, Kelly Ringo, a good corner out of Georgia in round four, Nolan Smith, 30th overall, who should have gone top 10. Then they sign Eli Ricks, by the way, who is a projected first rounder going into the season as an undrafted free agent, Sidney Brown, and they trade for DeAndre Swift. Kind of seems like now it's, it's, it's Philly's, Philly's NFC to lose again, as good as the Niners are. You know me, I love Brock, but he hasn't proven to me he can beat the elite teams. Those are three teams. Philadelphia, Kansas City, Cincinnati. Those are the teams I don't think Brock Purdy can beat. Everybody else, yeah, they might go back to the NFC Championship again, but that's why I want Lance. I want upside. Yeah, th this whole notion that they should trade Lance is, is kind of ridiculous, especially if you look at their QB room. And now there's reports coming out that they think Sam Darnold is going to have this this rise back to, to stardom. Look, I, I love USC. I love USC football, but Sam Darnold is not the answer for them at quarterback. I'm sorry. Um, but in terms of the draft, look, the Eagles, it's almost like every team in the league said, okay, here you go, Eagles and Seahawks. Take everyone good and go win a title. I, I, I can't believe how they let, you know, Smith, especially at 30, Jalen Carter fall that, that much. And to a defense that's already really good. I mean, they have an, an insane defense. I know they lost Hargrave, but, it, you know, to, to add to that defense with Jalen Hurts getting a new contract, and then you add an elite pass catching back in DeAndre Swift. I'm just not sure. Like, why why are we gifting the the best teams these great players? Um, and look, it, it still remains to be seen if these guys will be good in the NFL. But all you know, all accounts say yes. Like, Jalen Carter is going to be good. Smith is going to be good. Like, these guys are are legit impact now players. And you know, for the Niners. I don't think that there's there's cause for concern yet just because they have such a great roster already. Bose is still there. They still have their core intact. 
Um, there's still going to be an insanely competitive team. But like you said, now the Giants, excuse me, the Jets are going to be good. The Giants are good, too. I, I don't know why I said that, but the Jets are going to be really good now, too, with Aaron Rodgers. That was all they needed. They still have a good defense. So there's a lot of teams you got to beat now. I understand from the Eagles' standpoint, but from the league standpoint, I don't know how we let them get all these good <laughs> players, them and the Seahawks. Yeah, Philadelphia, the story of the uh, draft, Brandon in our text exchange was very upset that uh, that they got that. Uh, Brandon, uh, there was a lot of talk about the, the San Francisco 49ers and their quarterback situation. I mean, it does look like Philadelphia improved themselves. Uh, they would have to be considered, I'm assuming, the prohibitive favorites that come out of the NFC. Your thoughts on the draft, but also... Where do the Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, how would you rank the top contenders? Yeah, I would say it's Eagles one, Niners two. Um, I would say Seahawks three. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a hot take. They had a great draft. They got Jackson Smith and Jigbo. They got Dak Charbonnet from UCLA, who was obviously fantastic in college. Um, and then I would say the Cowboys. I'm just not too high on Dallas. I know, Rosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's I, okay. Like, they'll, yeah, they'll win 10, 11 games, but we know what happens in the postseason. I hate to say it. I hope they can beat the Eagles. I hope they win the division and the Eagles don't make it, and there's some miracle because I can guarantee you the Niners will beat the Cowboys. They always do. <laughs> thank, thankfully, we can count on that. Rosh, how about we both, we play each other in the NFC Championship There game. we go, we, just like old days. We make days. a pact, just like yeah. old days, because I, I want that. I don't want to see the Eagles um and what i will say for the afc the chargers i just don't get quinn and johnston over jordan addison come on now i'm sorry you have the vertical threat mike williams i would have gotten jordan addison they might get haunted for that pick for years by the way so i was at the chargers draft party which they took over the century city mall um and yeah the, that that uh draft pick was not met very favorably uh, and I felt bad because listen, I, 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 it's low hanging fruit to pick at the Chargers, you know, and, and, and I don't know why they held a draft party like at the mall because half the people at the mall were not there for the draft party. They're doing their own thing. So it was just a weird, weird deal there. But, uh, listen, at least one of our uh, local teams in Los Angeles had a draft pick. We know the Rams always like to do a trade their picks. At least, at least it looks like they're, they're, Moving towards being a contender in 2024, uh, but yeah, just kind of a a weird draft there for the local teams. Um, but listen, guys, I'm pumped. Tuesday it begins. I did not think we'd be talking about the Lakers on Mother's Day back in the day. You know, you guys maybe don't remember. You know, Showtime Lakers moving on to Shaq and Kobe. Lakers will always have a playoff game. On Mother's Day, on Sunday, and they will. Uh, is it Sunday? Anyway, they they they, they <laughs> are playing the Warriors, and so listen, thrilled that the Lakers are back. Lakers Warriors, second round series. And I agree with you guys. This is effectively the Western Conference Finals. I think whoever wins this will go on to the NBA Finals. Grant, you're the best. We'll talk to you next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.